The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. Away with that. I love the power. Hello, welcome to the Port Adelaide Preview Podcast for the preliminary final against Richmond. We at Port Adelaide will be playing at 7.20 SA time uh, tomorrow night, which is Friday night at Adelaide Oval. Uh, I'm Portia and joining me, as is always the case, is Maka. Maka, how are you? Not good, Portia. Not good. Oh, really? Not good at all. No. Oh, God. Are you worried that you might have to tip Port Adelaide this week? Look, bring Rick in and I'll, I'll explain. Okay, okay. Rick, Rick. Oh. Get in, jump in, jump in immediately. Oh, yes, I, I'm here. Bring me in, Portia. Beat me up, Scotty. I'm in, but I'm okay. I'm not I'm not as doom and gloom as Macca, but I must admit, tonight I did have a few jitters in my thoughts of, of confidence that would win the game. I think really? it's just that. Yeah, I think it's just that pro Richmond rhetoric I've heard for the last two weeks since it's been with, since we played, but I, uh, I'm getting my confidence mojo back now that the show started. Hmm. Yeah. That's good. Look, all, all I can do is apologise in advance uh-huh. uh, to all Port supporters out there, not just us. Um, I I'm ashamed to say that I'm very confident we're going to win this game. <gasps> very, very oh, confident. Like, I've, I've had no nerves. The only nerves I've had for the last two weeks is when I just finished work before because I'm not working tomorrow. And then a few little jitters started to happen. Um, but other than that, I'm very confident we're going to win this game, and we all know what that means. So, but I'm the, sorry to I be the, I'm, uh, I'm, the dream chatterer, but uh, here we are. I'm with you, Macca, because I think this is like I think I think I feel like the way they've played all year. This is the highest level of confidence I've had um, in a Port Adelaide side winning since, like even more so than 2004. Mm. I'd almost be shocked if we don't get it. Get the win tomorrow night. Prelim final, you pretty. How good's that? <laughs> How good's this? I got tickets. Very yeah. unexpected. I'll be there. Yep, yep. How about you, Rick? You got tickets? Uh, I I bought two corporate boxes. Ooh. So there we I'm, go. Uh, I'm there. I'm there with a crowd. So, very yeah. good. Very good. Mind, you only get five people in a corporate box, so. Yeah, so uh, I probably could have I could have filled it up twice. So anyway, good value. All right. Well, before we get into the game itself, let's just go through a couple of the hot topics. There have been a few this week, or uh, I guess since the last podcast. Um, I, it's top of my list just because I, I was really excited about it for a moment. Is that Aresia Fantasia apparently looks like going to the Adelaide Crows, which uh, um, is someone that uh, thinks we shouldn't be trading for him, and it would be quite happy for him to not even come back to Adelaide. For him to go to the Crows is kind of a dream come true for me. They'll probably get something valuable for him. Do you think? What, what's the situation there? I'm not sure that's confirmed but... yet. I, I think we're still definitely in with a shot, and I think Arazio is definitely oh, considering us. Absolutely, he is. Uh, so I, I think the only thing that happened there was that their, the Crows football manager came out and said, "Oh, Arazio wants to be traded to South Australia." And uh, he hadn't told Essendon that yet. So that was a bit of a drama, I think. But uh, I don't think he's actually named Adelaide or Port Adelaide yet. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, look, he's a decent player. There's no doubt about that. He's a pretty good player. And I would have been happy for him to have been traded here last year, so long as uh, what they wanted wasn't so ridiculous, which is 
the reason why it didn't happen. So if they're a bit more realistic and uh, happy to accept needed... a third round pick, which is what he's worth, then fine. I'd be happy. Do we even need? Do we even need him? Yes. Why? Who's he replace? Well, Robbie Gray's thirty-two for a start. Yeah, but a recent probably going to retire Scotland's... at the end of the year. So that's two players out of the forward line straight away that we don't have replacements for at the moment. Who's the second uh, player? Yeah. Gray and Ebert. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, we've got Dylan Williams. I think you were pretty big on him last year, weren't you? Absolutely, but he's still yet to debut. We've got, we've got Woodcock, who's been playing games, who can play forward. We've he's had Buttersby right. Revelation okay. forward line. We've got Daniel Motlop back in form. Not Stephen Motlop back in form. We've got, um, you know, how many how many small forwards do you need, and how many small forwards do you need that can't get on the park and play decent football on a consistent basis, which is exactly what Orazio Fantasia is. You know, you say, which is why he's pretty decent value. No, he's not because he won't play. He won't play, and if he does play, we'd rather be playing a rookie who is fit and will be fit every round for the season, just about. We've got well, a pretty good record of bringing injury-prone players into the club and turning them into oh, like pretty decent players. <laughs> so Tumpus I'm, I'm pretty happy. Runs. Yeah, but Tumpus Jack, was... Jack Trengove. He didn't miss a game when he was with <laughs> us, just was a SANFL level instead. Injury histories at their previous clubs that lasted their entire careers and they came to court and didn't change that about All I'm saying is that he's a player who is a proven goal kicker who can play pretty good football. One season. He had one good season. And we've got three older guys who are about to move out of that forward line in the next year or two. But he wouldn't play, he wouldn't replace Ebert's utility role. Ebert's, Ebert's a real utility. He's a small forward. Sorry, yeah, but he's an injury-prone, injury unreliable small forward. Yes. Well, I, I can see him coming here and having a Monfrey's top year in his first year. That's all I'm saying. Could we, could we not go for Crouch or Orazio and load up big to try and get Jeremy Cameron? He's not coming to Adelaide. No? Well, no. Money talks. Money talks, and he's got a big offer from another club in front of him. So that's where the money's what, Geelong? Going. That's where the money's going. That's where where's, going. Where's, where, how does Geelong have all this money? Uh, hey, I thought it was a, a poor manufacturing um, town. Where's the money coming uh, from? The government. They're politically uh, in a uh, swing, <laughs> isn't that the thing about Geelong? Is it sort of like booming a little bit, and so they're a little bit Labor, a little bit Liberal, and so every state government and federal government wants to give them money. Mm-hmm. That, which is why their stadium has gone from an absolute shithole to, you know, having yeah. sixty million spent on it in the last two elections. Yep. So. Anyway, let's shuffle along. Next topic, yes. just very quick one: John Olson. That's <laughs> so funny. That is the most Adelaide appointment ever. Nothing will ever top that. He's probably, but look, he's probably kudos to Crows fans, because everything I've read from Crows fans, they're actually not overly happy about that. No, no. He's not, so should you be as a character. He's very slimy, and he's he, got a bad he's... reputation. He's a proven fraud. 
And I, I just don't understand how you can have the chairman of the SANFL be the chairman of the Adelaide Crows as well. Is he, oh, is he keeping those roles? I don't. I would hope not, really. I would hope not, <laughs> because that's the biggest conflict of interest you could ever possibly have. So You would think, wouldn't you? Yeah. He, um, he's probably my least favourite politician of all time, I'd imagine, behind Kevin Rudd. But, um, oh. yeah, yeah, I just, he, the guy just, I don't know, there's just something about him. So it's quite a fitting appointment, really. Mm. Good topic, Portia. Oh. Well, I mean, that's the other thing. It is a fitting appointment. It's the most Adelaide thing. But moving from that, let's move to the most Melbourne thing, which is moving a patch of the MCG turf to the Gabba oh. Grand Park. Oh, my God. <laughs> Has there ever been a bigger bunch of wank ever than this? <laughs> Honestly. What a load of shit. I hope it fucking dies halfway there. I hope the trucks... <laughs> I hope the truck driver and the truck gets put in quarantine for 14 days and it dies in the back of the truck. Well, I wonder where they're going to put it. Imagine imagine if, like, a a danger field or an ablet slip and do their knee on that patch of turf because it's not melded properly. It would be almost quite ironic, wouldn't it? Well, I mean, that's it. That's that's exactly right. I mean, it's got to bed down, right? So this is... They missed the two off weeks that they could have had to do stuff at the Gabba, and we're actually right in the thick of finals now. And all of a sudden, oh, now we'll start stuffing around with the crap surface. Like, what? It's just, it's completely nonsensical. I can't understand why anyone thought that anyone would want it, because I don't think any Victorians give a shit about it either, quite honestly. No. Um, it's just a it, load know, of weight. An absolute load yeah, of weight. And look, if, so, if we happen to make it and one of our players does a knee from you know, slipping on it because it hasn't, you know, connected to the ground properly, then I'd be suing the AFL for $50 million. That's what I'd be yeah. doing. Well, fortunately, the Brisbane Lions are twice as likely to have that problem as us because they've got two games <laughs> on it. We'll see how that goes. I assume they're installing or have already the, installed it. I don't... The sense of entitlement with them is very strong, isn't it? It's so weird and it's so out of touch. It's just so out of touch with everything. Uh, yeah. like, I can't... I can't imagine Richmond fans would give a shit. I can't imagine Geelong fans would really give a shit about something like that happening, about some ideal, idealised ceremonial transference of whatever to whatever. Like, I don't think they care. I, you know, it's only yeah. the home ground one of those teams. And Richmond, like, they've got Punt Road. They don't really care that much about the MCG. It just happens to be next door to where they are. Yeah. You know, I, I really don't get it. Yeah. Uh, It'll be like this 30-minute expose special in the grand final warm-up about the importance of MCG turf and how it, yeah, how yeah. it, had, how it had, a, oh, uh, look. had a role here uh, for the grand final in, in Queensland. I'm surprised there's not like the Olympic flame sort of thing where there's like this live broadcast of the truck going through Victoria up to Queensland as we speak. Like, it's just ridiculous. It is a bit. Ridiculous. I- and moving on to another hot topic, uh, what happens to the West End chimney now? And if we win the premiership, do we move it to Alberton? Very sad. But look, good news, good news, is that there used to be a Chinese restaurant or an Asian restaurant around the corner from where I live, which had like a mini version of the West End chimney on their roof, which they used to paint in the SA to fill colours every year. So when West End shuts down, they can just put that back on their roof. And then we can all look at that driving past Grange Road. So, happy days. Yep, so, 
will you continue to support Lion Nathan products? For me, I, I didn't already, so it's nothing to do with me. Yeah, I, I have to look at their catalogue, but I don't think I support too many Lion Nathan products. But I did look. West End's a decent drop out of a out of a tap, but that's about it. Uh, mm. it tastes like I don't know warm urine out of a can or out of a bottle, but unfortunately, but uh, who knows? Maybe with some different water, it might uh, might actually start to taste better. Do you reckon they'll? Uh, do you think Western will just go full um, Holden's and just kind of disappear within like five years? I think yeah, there's a decent on. chance of that happening. Yeah, it'll go. It'll go. Yeah. They'll just do a slow phase out. Yeah. Yeah, probably. And then people right. won't remember. But I reckon the chim- the government will make the chimney stay. Betcha. Well, I mean, because that will be so that. South Australian government. It would. It would be what you do is you keep the chimney, then you put a nice bit of flat grass with no bushes or trees or any plant life around it, and you make that the uh, the quadrangle that a few uh, offices and um, uh, apartments are built around, and then you have houses on the outskirts of that. More sad about the Christmas lights than anything else. But... Yeah, fair well, enough. Why can't that that can continue, can't it? Well, well, they after it, so if there's no one working there, then I don't see how. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure the government will take that over as well. Mm. Yeah. The government likes to involve themselves in private matters. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, let's move on to the game, unless there's something oh. that anyone has to pick up as a topic. No, Can we start with the umpires selected for the game? Uh oh. Well, I, mean, I don't know who they are. Mm. <laughs> who's selected? Matt Stevick is yeah. one of them. Matt Stevick, yeah, not big on him. Curtis Deboy, never heard of him. Simon Meredith, not a big fan. Wasn't. Stevic and Meredith both umpiring, umpiring a 2014 prelim. I have a funny feeling they both umpired our 2014 prelim. I definitely know Stevic did. Not sure. That's enough with the umpire. That's my biggest fear. It's not Richmond, it's the umpires. <laughs> That's been Umpire Spotlight for the night. Um, so uh, going on, I'll uh, just talk briefly about, uh, I guess, Richmond and a little bit about last week. Uh, did you either of you watch the game? Not really. I watched a little bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, I guess in summary, uh, you could basically say that Richmond smashed the Kilda in the first half and kind of took the rest of the game off. They kicked nine goals, one in the first mm. half and three goals, seven in the second. Um yeah, they just did enough to win, and that's all they wanted to do. Uh, obviously, they had to play the extra week that we haven't, so how no. I sucked in, but um, they played exactly in that fashion. Um, and just looking at, uh, I guess, looking at the stats again over there, just really seeing what's um, there. And I remember reading on Big Footy during the week, someone saying that we need to win in midfield, and if we win in midfield, we're in a good spot. But the truth of the matter is, is when it comes to Richmond, throughout the year, their midfield's just okay. Like, they've got the most players of any team in the league, the fourth fewest clearances with the second most clearances against. They've got the most inside 50s, though, so they get it forward a lot, and they're second for marks inside 50. But they've got the most disposals against as well. So it, teams get a lot of possession against Richmond, but at the end of the day, they're just not scoring enough goals to beat them most of the time. Mm. Um, so their systems... Look, we could win really well in midfield, but we might still struggle against Richmond. It's going to be really interesting to see how it goes. Um, just because they are really good at just um, doing what we do and controlling territory in the forward line and um, then also turning it around and turning it into something at the other end. So, um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? What are you, how are you feeling about Richmond? This is a so tough, I think ball use so is important. Mm. 
bogeys. Yeah, absolutely it is. Absolutely. Look, Richmond, you know, they like to um, set up behind the ball and win the ball across half-back and then zoom it forward. They've got a lot of pace. They've got a lot of skill going forward. And they run and they run and they run. And they get it to their big forwards and away you go. Um, Such a tough game because they don't really have a weak link, really. Like, they've got great tall forwards. They've got really good small forwards. They've got fantastic midfield. They've got probably the best defence on paper um, mm. in the league. Um, and even more than that, like they're playing to become basically immortal. You know, you win two flags, that's pretty good, but you win three, there's not a yeah. lot of uh, teams that can uh, can say that. And uh, so they're playing to become immortal in AFL terms. And um, we're the ones that are here trying to beat them. Yeah, so what do you think we need to do to beat them, Maka? Like, what do you think is the area of the ground for the players or the positions that are really going to be the most important for us to win this week? Uh, well, definitely the midfield for me. I think it all stems from the midfield because if you can get on top of Prestia and Martin and Cochin and Edwards um, and the rest of them, then uh, then you're in a really good spot because it'll um, cut off delivery to their forwards and that's what you really have to do. Um, so if we can at least break even in the midfield, that'd be great. Um, and it's up to Charlie and, and Todd to take some marks up forward, really, um, which is going to be tough against guys like Grimes and, and Broad and and, uh, and Asprey, um, who are all two-time premiership players. But um, that's what they're going to have to do. Ricky so you Spilemo. think it's really going to be... <laughs> oh? It's Rick off. Okay, anyway... Yeah, I'm listening. Oh, there he is. There he is. Yeah. Just analysing the wise words. So for me, the question is, like, it sounds like, like you think it's really got to be one where the toll forwards stand up, but for me, I just kind of feel like because Richmond is so good at sort of turning it around, this is really a game for the um, half forwards to be accountable but also be able to get away at the right times to be creative. And I think that's who it's really going to come down to rather than being the big players. Mm. Um and I think that's where we can win, and that's where we have to win if we're going to win. Because just winning midfield, like I said, Richmond lose midfield, or they, or they break even in midfield a lot, but they're still in the position they're in um, because they are so good at forcing clangers. Like, they're as good as forcing clangers as we are, um, you know, and we, we're good at it. But they uh, obviously have that uh, end-to-end system that's uh, probably honestly a bit better than ours just because they don't have Charlie Dixon kicking one goal, five, or whatever it might be in a given week. Um no, so I think it's you're right in terms of in terms of the half forwards. I think um, that's going to be very very crucial. But I don't think we can win the game if we have what we had against Geelong, which was Marshall, Dixon, and Leonard have two marks between them. I don't think yeah, we can that's... win the game with that. Well, we're not con- we're not controlling enough of the air ball if they don't take any marks. Yeah, which allows us to control a bit more momentum of the game. You know, they're dropping marks. It creates that fast tempo, continuous game plan, which obviously Richmond's going to um, sort of benefit from because that's what they want. So yeah, I agree with you, Macca. The tools need to uh, to stand up, find a bit of separation to make it a bit easier for themselves and, and hold those marks. And we saw what happened against Richmond earlier this year. You know, Lambert had probably his best game of both footy and, you know, he took some really strong contested marks, kicked a couple of goals. Yeah. And uh, Charlie Dixon had a decent day out. It was just... Um, He's kicking in front of the sticks, which uh, let him down to keep two goals for, but he took some really strong contested marks as well. So, um, look, 
that's the blueprint for how to beat uh, Richmond, I reckon. Is you've got to have okay. those strong marking forwards. I think absolutely you need guys like Butter and Rosie um, and Mollop again to uh, <coughs> to have their part, and you've got to win the midfield. Uh, I'm with Porsche too, though. Like, you know, I'm very confident in our midfield winning, right? And the clearances. I, I, I think that's going to happen. Um, but I think, yeah, our half forwards need to be switched on um, because, you know, as all the previous shows have shown, Richmond are greater at sort of swapping and isolating players to break space. So our, our half forward line needs to be really switched on to sort of stop that transition run as much as possible and, and not allow that easy separation. But, you know, I mean, the key for us this whole year has been, you know, that infamous pressure pressure gauge, right? If we pressure the opposition, and that's what broke Richmond in the last quarter for us, um, if we can just pressure them and, and, and be in the game early, I think uh, they'll get the confidence from that and we'll be able to continue on. Well, it's really interesting because you look at the lineups and uh, Richmond's mm. entire centre square didn't play the last time we played. You know, Prestia, Edwards, Koch and Nankovic. Um, so it's going to be a pretty different Richmond from what we played last time. And yes, we, we certainly had uh, some pretty key players out for ourselves as well, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. No, you got to be honest. Game. Their key player outs were, are a little bit more influential than what oh, ours were. Sure. Sure. I mean, our outs were still significant, but yeah, they're you know, and I know like us Port supporters have been trying to tell the Richmond supporters to get nicked, and you know we had outs too. But yeah, they had some very good players that are that were out that are back. But you know that Richmond also say they're a process team, right? They're not yeah. a player team; they're a process team. So their outs don't really matter. So. Will it make will it make that much difference? Who knows? Well, I mean, it I guess it comes down to Zach Butters. I reckon he'll be very important. But um, I guess we just need to talk about the elephant in the room now, which is that uh, as we discussed in the review last uh, well, last fortnight, um, Hawkins kicked one goal, whatever it was, or he kicked very little against us, but he did have opportunities. Mm. How are we going to stop? For example, Rewalt and Lynch from having more opportunities and actually being able to do more with them with our defence. Like how, what what does our defence do to do their part towards making sure that we don't get obliterated on the uh, turnaround of possession coming out of um, I don't know through the midfield. I think we have to accept that's just going to happen, just with the way that we structure up with that forward press. It's going to happen, <sighs> but I guess we're just going to have to have maybe, you know maybe one and a half players sag a little bit deeper than normal. I think we did that against the Carlton game when they really tore us in that first quarter and broke through the zone. And I guess we're just going to have to do the what we did last time, really play that man in front of him and uh, make him lead white. I mean, the other one is I saw on the preview thing on Foxtel tonight that Rewell's kicked um, three goals in the last 15 or 17 games against us which obviously is probably attractive to we go to other players and leave him free. So, and he likes mm. to push in the back and gets marks from him because yep. he doesn't get penalised. So that sort of helps him yeah. as well. Usually, yeah. He loves playing against Adelaide. He's kicked 56 goals against us, which is the most he's kicked against any club. Shit, that's a stat, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> look, he just always finds a way to kick goals against us. And look, he kicked three last time yeah. and, we, and they still lost. So, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, so long as Lynch doesn't get off the off the chain a bit as well, then we're in a bit mm. of trouble. But, look, 
as Rick said, we just got to expect that you know those two are going to get goals. Like we're not going to stop all their forwards because you know Rebos is dangerous, Lynch is dangerous, Martin we know will go up there and kick probably one or maybe two. Castagna can kick goals, Lambert can kick goals, you know Rioli can kick goals. They can all kick goals. So you know it's just a matter of us um, trying to stop uh, mm-hmm. any sort of critical errors that we make, which allows them to run the ball really quickly. And put our defence under pressure when they're undermanned. That's the uh, that's the main thing. I, really, so, I actually think Hardwick's worry. That's my take from his media influence this week. You know, trying to talk up the the hard game that they play, the you know the rough tactics. Um, trying to you know trying trying to say that you know they might bring in uh, Chol and and not coming in. I actually yeah you, know, you know I think there's a little bit of gamesmanship in there, and I think yeah I think he's a bit concerned. Uh, I think he's comfortable enough that he can play games. I mm. think that's. I think it's the other way around. I, I think it's the other thing. I don't think he's playing games because he's uncomfortable. I think he's playing games because he is comfortable, uh, and so he can afford to make a bit of a sideshow out of it. Um, yeah, <laughs> right, that's that's for me. Like that, he's learned from Choco. Don't forget. Like, you've seen how it's done. Um, as much as yeah, well, Choco's Choco's games in in final series didn't work that well for but, us. But in, but in his own right, Hardwick, like he always, uh, you know. He, that's how he was as a player. That's how he is as a coach. You know, he's going to be out there and he's going to be playing mind games a little bit. And that's when he plays his best football. And I guess it's probably, ho- hopefully, he thinks that that's when he play- coaches his best football too. That's just a personality trait, I think. Do you think they're going to try and he suck He's right, though. They do play tough. And hmm. it works for them because they've won two flags. They were favourite for another until Mason Cox came along. And um, hmm. here we are, their favourite for their third flag. So... You know, it works for them. And I guess the difference between um, Hardwick coaching and Choco coaching is we don't see Martin in a back pocket or something stupid like that, which is what we could That's have expected true. from Choco. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Some of the mind games that Choco did through sort of 02, 03 were um, pretty disastrous. Stupid. Really. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I guess we should just also mention we've sort of played into this part that there are no changes to the selections this week. So um, we could have done this any day of the week, you realise. Uh, so, yeah, no yeah. changes uh, <laughs> going into the same ones and so are they. Um, as you said, Mabu Shoal didn't come in. Uh, and uh, I guess our interchange, uh, sorry, our emergencies, do you think there's going to be any last-minute changes to make it? Do you think that we have been playing one games and we will make a last-minute change? Or Rick, either, either of you have an opinion on that? No, I don't think we will. If we, had Artis on the, if, we had, if we had George Artis on the bench, I would have thought maybe um, Marshall might have been in doubt, but, yeah, I don't think so. It, it's a, a friend of mine pointed out no tribute for Westhoff this game. Is it because he potentially could still play, you know, this game or the next game if we were to win? So a bit presumptuous to do a tribute game for him. What do you mean tribute game? What are you talking tribute. about tribute game? Well, like recognising the lap of the oval or whatever or something like that. Oh, he hasn't retired yet. It's... Yeah, yeah well, he's not retired yet. You don't yeah, do well, that I'm just, yet. I'm just pointing out that a friend of mine said he was a bit shocked that you know, no recognition of Westhoff in the last home game. But Well, yeah. he can do that round one next year. And round one next year. Unveil the flag. That's what he can do. Could, could he, he could stand on the back of the old... Uh, Floating fist that used to go around Footy yes. Park. Yes, I love that. I wish it could be we... back. That's, that's so stupid. 
Yeah. With the what Wouldn't was it? The, the Power Funk squad? squad could come back too. <laughs> yeah, and, and the Vodafone uh, phone. Yeah, walk around those big teal curtains, whatever they were, around the green. That was <laughs> that was wonderful pre-game entertainment. Fantastic. Now, the next question. Um, I guess we've sort, of, we've sort of discussed this as well. Uh, should we be concerned about Damien Hardwick this week? Like, Do we think yes. how much of a factor we think Damien Hardwick is this week? Huge factor, obviously. Huge. Yep. And psychological advantage? Uh, I think Richmond's got it because I feel like they feel... I don't know whether they should, but I feel like they have it anyway. Um I think the biggest truth for themselves. They should have it. Finals hardened side, two grand finals in three years. They've won big finals. They know what to do. This is their time. As I said, they're playing to be immortal. Um, They've got everything to play for just as much as we do. So I think they're going to go into the game thinking they're definitely going to win the game. Yeah, but I think Port has shown this whole season that um, they've got an inner belief and a resilience, ironically. We spoke about resilience in seasons gone by, Macker, and then I read the Sam Power Pepper thing about the uh, they went through a resilience program in the pre-season, and it was very fitting. But, you know, we, they do have a resilience about them this year. There's nothing dour, and they have a belief. And I think the Port players' belief this year is... They've come back uh, numerous times when we think, here we go, it's starting again, and yeah, I'm very confident. And I think the start is going to be fundamentally important. You know, sometimes you, with that extra week break, you know, we've seen history show that those teams can start a bit slow. And I, you know, the last thing we want is to give uh, Richmond an early four goal break, which is what they did against St Kilda. Um, so I think if we can hold our form in the beginning early um, and keep stay within reach, you know, if not being in front, I think that will be a, a long way to success. And I'd say in the second half, we we should be running a lot faster than what they are. From my perspective, I feel like that's not quite what we want to be doing because, like, I don't care if, if from, from a Port Adelaide's resilience perspective, I don't care if Richmond gets goals early. What I care is if we don't get goals early. Like, if our forward system doesn't function, if we aren't able yeah, to get correct. goals, if that's the main concern for me. Yeah, like if, if, we're, if we're four if, goals down, you know, it's going to be a worry. But it's not about four. Like for me, I would prefer a quarter where we kicked, I don't know, we kicked five goals and they kicked eight or something to one where we, they kicked three and we kicked zero goals five. Like it's a closer margin, obviously, in the second scenario. Well, it's definitely not going to be the first we, scenario. But, but we need our system to be working. That's what, that's the main thing. We need our, we need our offensive system to be working. We need to be unsettling their defence because if we're not doing that, if we're just hanging in there and they're scoring a little bit and we're scoring basically nothing, that's that's that is what is going to upset our side more than more than our, them scoring. Well, that's what our happen. offensive that's our offensive system is our okay. defensive system, and and so if they've kicked eight, eight goals, they're our offensive system. Isn't working properly Look, because if, we're not. If they're going we're to not be four goals up, entries. if they're going to be four goals up a quarter time, it is a hundred percent going to be four goals something to zero. Absolutely, yeah. yeah and that's the worst scenario for us. Like, yeah. if it was eight goals to four, that would be fantastic. <laughs> you know, no. but, but 
that would mean at least that we, our forward system is working. We are getting goals. Our forwards are producing, and there's something to build off for the rest of the game. Mm. So that for me, that's it's, that's what's important for me. It's not so much restricting them, but making sure that we are able to get on the board and sh- and uh, build that confidence in our system and give them something that they have to answer for. Yeah, that's my view. Uh, all right, look, I think we're at the time of the night when we talk about uh, questions from Big Footy or indeed from Spreaker. Maka, what do we got? Question. Uh, Schultz and Fess has asked, uh, how many weeks would Pal Pepper have been suspended for this year if he'd acted in exactly the same manner as Tom Lynch? I reckon eight. Yeah, probably at least five, I would think. Yeah, yep, yep, for sure. He would have got three games for that knee and sitting on the guy's head, I reckon. Easy. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yes. that sounds about right. Has, asked, uh, has John Olsen done us a favour by stealing all the headlines this week? <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they probably think that this is good to keep the Crows in the in the spotlight. But, I mean, the spotlight that's on the Crows this week is that they suck and that they're run by, uh, um, I, I don't know, one of the worst people in South Australia. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, if they want that spotlight, if they think that's stealing the spotlight from Port Adelaide, like, put on them. Mm. <laughs> AFL 2004 has asked, do you expect a lot of fighting off the ball in this game? Yes. Oh, maybe a bit. I reckon there will be. I reckon Richmond will come out and try and intimidate us to try and get on top of the crowd early. And I expect there to be... I don't think there'll be uh, fisty cuffs or anything, but um, you know, they're going to hit us really hard straight off the bat, I reckon. I reckon that would be counterproductive, though, for them to be ultra-aggressive because I think that will just fuel the crowd against them. Maybe, but I think the hope is that we uh, overcompensate and start giving away free kicks. Yeah, I don't know that they'll do that. I think they might try and rough up Zach Butters early on, though. Mm. But he's unruffable. Oh, no, that's not true. You think he could lose his call? No, but I think he could be made quiet. I think that's what I mean. Like, they might just get really... I'm not saying they're going to rough him up, but I think they might just play really physical football against him all game. Um, anyway, there's only so much of that that anyone can I, take. Um, I, thought he, I thought he feeds off of that type of football. No, I don't think so. Because, like, we talk about um, the game against Geelong, but, like, that first half, he was pretty quiet. You know, um, he can be shut out of a game. And if Zach Butters is shut out of the game, then... Fort is not going to do very well, particularly when we need our half-forwards to succeed against this particular team. I can see someone like Liam Baker elbowing him in the back every four seconds for the whole yeah. game. <laughs> Just Absolutely. To, uh, to annoy him into yeah. uh, oblivion, basically. Well, not... I don't even mean. I don't even think annoying him for oblivion is going to be the thing. I think it's just going to be paying such close attention that he can't have the impact that he wants to have. Mm. Um, and I think that would be very damaging for Port Adelaide as a team. Yeah. Uh, FVK has asked, uh, should we be able to have a full house at Adelaide Oval? Aye. What do you reckon? Well, probably. Because of South Australia's situation, I think uh, we probably should, yeah. but the AFL would never allow it. No. Okay. okay. Um, that's right. Uh, the FVK has also asked, uh, what is your most unpopular Port Adelaide opinion? Oh, shit, I don't know. There's billions. There's so many. (laughs) I think currently mine would be that I think uh, Riley Bonner's a pretty good footballer. That's probably... (laughs) It's very controversial, absolutely. My my top one currently. 
I want to know what Rick's is. What's your controversial opinion, Rick? Well, well there's probably plenty. I would say, um, well, I'll, I'll leave my common stance of Westhoff out of it. I'd say that KT is overrated. That's pretty safe. Yeah, that's okay. not unpopular. That's pretty safe. Oh, that I think he's still. Uh, I, I, I think he's still a bit of a port faithful uh, fanboy. And okay, I don't know. let's try. Let's try an alternate one. What's something that you believe that either I or Matthew disagree with? Um, <laughs> what, were you guys, what were you guys disagree with? Um, well, for example, yeah. You're not convinced. Um, I think you disagree that our full forward press is the best game plan. Um, I could see I one think... of you picking a hole in that game plan. No, I think that game plan's got us where we are, so. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Um, I I certainly don't have a problem with it if we're playing tall forwards um, to make this forward line better. So, no, I don't don't have an issue with that. No. No. Well, Riley Riley Bonner's (laughs) the easy one. Yeah, 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 true, true. Mm. All right, all right. All right, moving on. FBK has also asked, uh, will, you, will you all be getting matching John Butcher tattoos if we win the flag? No. No. Nah. I mean, the assumption there nah. is that I don't already have a John Butcher tattoo. So That's true. Hmm. Might get as bad as one if he wins a North Smith medal. There you go. Yeah. Where, would you get on the ankle? Yeah, probably something like that. Hmm. <laughs> would you get his picture or would you just do the number 18? It really depends. There might be a story that comes out of the grand final that we'd use, so, yeah. Hmm. Last um, questions uh, from Windpower. Can we beat the Tigers with Charlie having the same scoring accuracy as last time we played them? Yes. Yes. Well, we did. Hey, I'm just watching yeah. the replay. I'm in the la- two minutes in the last quarter, like to go. Mm-hmm. And when Sam Powell Pepper had his shot on goal, which he didn't make the distance near the end there, we scored four goals, eight from set shots. Hmm. Now that's we need to do better than that if we really want to win. Like you know, with their full four. strength side. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Indeed. And last question is uh, considering they are only playing the one ruckman, how important will Laddam's performance be on the result of the game? Very enormously, yeah. Yeah. Well he was um, hugely influential in this game. Yeah, that was his best game for the year. Yeah. I think his influence is going to be obviously the relief ruckman, but I mean, if he can take a few marks and maybe kick a couple of goals up forward, like that's going to be normal for us. Um, yeah. Mm. What about the, uh, the what about the port synergy and the coaches? Two thousand and four Premiership players, two in the Richmond box, two in the Port box. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Look. Like it. Yes, we've got, the, we've got the extra one in Dean Brogan, though. Well, then we're going to win it. There you go. That's there right. There you go. There Automatic you win. Go. All right, question's done. All right, lovely. All right, well, now we'll go to the uh, wrap up. I guess it's time to ask the big question. Uh, your winning side and margin, please, starting with, uh, let's start with Rick. Port Adelaide is going to bring out the drums and a trumpet. Yeah. And I'm going to say bye. 23 points. All right, I'll go next. I reckon reckon Port's going to win by two points. 
Oh. I think it's going to be real close. Oh, no. <laughs> nah, no. <laughs> nah. At least with the St Kilda preliminary final win, we had that goal buffer, Porsche. So even yeah, if they no, scored, is... you know, we, 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 it would have gone this, extra time. Like, this is that's just horrendous. This is going to be a shit yourself prelim final, one hundred percent, four by two points. If, if uh, it's that close with like a couple of minutes left, you'll be able to see me clearly on TV because the St John's people will be working on my heart in the grandstand at the time. That's what uh, will happen there. Okay, and Matthew, what's your tip for the this winning side of motion, players? Well, definitely not two points. Definitely not, just because I don't think I'll be able to handle that. But look, I don't know. Look. As I said, I'm I'm just confident about this. I don't know why. There's no rhyme or reason to it because I think Richmond have a finals hardened team. They should be winning this game, Richmond. I think, um, but I just think we've got something to play for. 150th year. We've beaten them at Adelaide Oval so so far this year. Uh, we're going to have a big home crowd. Uh, they're going to be right into it. I don't know. I just see us winning this game. So. For me, 25 points, Port Adelaide. Wow. Oh, my gosh. The jinx is in. Okay. Imagine, imagine if it was like 2014 all over again. Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be pretty humorous, but then that would feel like 2007 all over again with winning a prelim by a huge amount. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, that 2014 elimination final, that first quarter was mm-hmm. one of the best quarters of Port Adelaide Finals football I've seen in my lifetime and the atmosphere was just amazing. It was just an astounding day. Mm. Well, when we win by two points you'll forget about that day entirely because it'll be completely rewritten. Uh, I'm with Macca. Like, <laughs> they'll have to bring out the defab, defib for me. I'll, uh, yeah, either that or I don't know what I'll do. I'll probably have to leave. I don't, I don't know if I can handle it. Yeah, I'll, I'll be outside at that point, I think. Fair yeah. enough. And Next question, who's going to kick the most goals for Port Adelaide? I'm going to say Rosie with three. I've, I was literally going to say exactly that, Mecca. I'm going Rosie with three, just because I think this is the week that people start forgetting a little bit about Connor Rosie and then go, oh, shit, he's actually quite good. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm going to go Ebert with four. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> okay, I can just see him floating in, sort of neglected a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it might be Ebert's final time to shine with two games to go in his career. Fair enough. Okay, next question, weekly update. How good is Zach Butters? Pretty damn good. He's pretty good. He's so yeah. dreamy. He is, right? He's so dreamy. <laughs> love the Zach. Um, I mean, I love good. all those. I, love, I'm a, I must admit, though, I... Dersma for me is Zach Butters for you. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm a big I'm a big Xavier fan. Well, okay. Then the question is, do you think he's any chance of being the top goal kicker for Port Adelaide this week? No. No. Okay. Uh, Sackingly, you ready to Sackingly right now? Sign him up. Hmm. What are you signing? Do? What's a, What's your contract for Ken? Nine years, mate. Uh, Nine years. <laughs> no, seriously, what what would be your contract for Ken? Uh, if he wins the flag, <laughs> then probably I'd give him three years. You'd give him three. So to the That's end of two thousand twenty-four. That would be. Oh, you're gotta, me. Isn't isn't there isn't there no cap? 
isn't there cap stuff going on now, like with the coaches? So how much do you reckon you'd get paid? No idea. Surely just in it. Surely you just check an extra two years on the end of the um, the one year he's already got, right? What would you offer him, Porsche? Well, that'd be the most. Yeah, if he wins the premiership, two years on top of the one he's already got. So yeah. So that'd you be mean pretty... the one that he's got? So because he's got one year left next year. Yeah, that's right. So uh, that'll see through the end of twenty twenty three. See, I'd give him two years. Just two. I'd add another one to the one. I'd okay, say, yeah, Ken, like I'd like, love to, but if he wins a premiership, he won't sign that. <laughs> well, don't sign it then. Yeah, but Call then, his bluff. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I'm happy with it. We well, got you know, sucked into his bluff once bluffs. before. I love calling bluffs. Let's call bluffs. Yeah. Um, and I guess I was going to ask any other games you're looking forward to, but there's only one. Um, mm. So what do you reckon is going to happen in the Brisbane game? Geelong. What about the SA and Field Grand Final? The what? Anyway, let's get back to the football. Yeah. Geelong by plenty. Geelong by 48 points, I reckon. Really? You, you think they're going to dismantle them? Yeah. Well, okay. when we beat Richmond, who do we want to play? I want to play Geelong. Mm. Oh, I, want, I want revenge. Mm. Oh, I, I think... I'd want to play Brisbane. I'd want to play Brisbane. And I know that sounds stupid considering the game's going to be in Brisbane and the umpires will be like, yes, we want Brisbane to win because then it's a fairy tale thing. But I, I, I don't feel great about... If, if Geelong manages to beat Brisbane, I don't really feel great about uh, Geelong in the grand final. Mm. There you go. Bring them on. I think I'd rather play Geelong. I think Brisbane's going to win. I think it's going to be a poor Brisbane grand final. Okay. Mm. That'll be good. Before we go, uh, Brownlow on Sunday, isn't it? So, do we? How much of a chance do we think Boke is? No, I said. I said to my son today at work, my bet would be if you could make this bet, boat not to make the top three. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a fair chance because I reckon. I mean, I'd put money on uh, either Wines or Rockcliffe being the highest po- uh, port pole. Winner, to be honest. Uh, I don't know about that, but I, I think in the last six games, as their improvement obviously uh, escalated, Boke's involvement diminished. Um, not that he played any poorer, but they just played a lot better, and I think they're going to poach votes. Mm. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I, for me, I don't think that Boke's any real chance at all. I think that the, what will happen is what normally happens, and particularly you know with a team that has. has not got the hype around it that others do. Like, you'll see Wines get a good number of votes. You'll see Rockliffe get a good number of votes. You'll get, see Butters get a good number of votes. It's really interesting. Um, Dixon will get a couple. Boke will always get a bunch. Robbie Gray will probably get a few. Um, apart from that, there'll be just a few people picking up the odd vote here and there. But, like, it'll spread pretty evenly among our midfielders, I reckon. Um, who, who, who will be the shock player to pick up a vote from Port? Trent McKenzie? <laughs> yeah, someone like McKenzie or Bonner, probably. Yeah. Farrell? Maybe, maybe someone like Sam Mays or something. Peter Adams? Yeah, could, could be against Richmond, yeah. yeah. But it wouldn't surprise me if Boke is actually leading the Brownlow halfway through the season, because his first half of the year was exceptional. Yeah. And he, literally, yeah. he legitimately was best on ground probably five or six times in the first mm. 10 or 11 games. Um, 
but that's where I think he's going to stop getting three votes and he's going to get ones, I think, from then on. And uh, yep. guys like Wines and Rockcliffe and, and Butters are going to step up and get some of the get some of the more serious votes, I think. Yeah. Is the, um, how nauseating is the media at the moment? Like, it's, it's just, like, I can't handle it. It's just over the top. It's even more disconnected than usual because they're not even going to football now. So, you know... <laughs> It's mostly Victorian. I tell you what, everyone in Victoria, like me, is going stir-crazy. They're just talking shit just constantly. So, yeah, no, it it makes total sense that the media has gone completely loopy when it comes to football. I I watched the the in-depth preliminary final preview tonight, and then you had Brown and Rewalt, or Brown and King, like the pro-port review, and they spent half the time talking about how good Richmond was. Of course. Of course. Of course. It was like, oh. anyway. Hey, anyone right. watch Open Mic with Ebert and Kale? Not yet. I mean, no. What, you, what, you didn't? Not yet. No. Uh, it was okay. Predictable. But... Yeah, I kind of feel like that's the case of a lot of um, court legends when they get interviewed, like, it's always predictable. Um, which is why probably the only one I would regularly listen to would be Jennifer because it's it, it might be predictable, but it's also always a bit funny. So that's nice. Yeah, but, no. uh, well, well, you know, yeah. it's just got, it's just the way it just had that shockingly VFL slant to it. You know. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> which and there was so little recognition of the the SA NFL, which was a bit yeah. You know, but it was that's what I mean predictable. Anyway. So, anyway. How about we just wrap up? How, how about we wrap up now? Yeah. Yes. Okay. All no, right. Let's keep um, Come on, boys. Yeah. All right. This. So here we go. You can do this. Put two point win coming up. Uh, and just basically nothing else to say other than can't fall. If it's two points, rest in peace, Maka. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> if we lose, there's no review show next week, right? Oh no, there's definitely a review show. Hundred percent. Do we review a loss? Um, we review Ken's contract. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get the old Stan Owls treatment. Yeah, maybe. All right. Until next time. Yeah. Carports. <laughs> <laughs>